And a lot of my friends or people that I know, even just acquaintances, want to go to Mexico and they want to go to the same parts. So I try to pull them into other places and I'm like, I want you to just see other sides of Mexico so you can go back and you can tell other people about it. Look at, look at, look at, look at, look at what you're doing to me. I'm Dietrich Hunter, and this is Curate Curiosity. Four months and a couple of weeks. And yet it's still nothing compared to the nights on the beach. Close your eyes and don't peek. No. Do you have a worst trip for us today? Maybe kind of. But when, right when I graduated from grad school, I was uh, I had just gotten home back to Illinois. So I got my master's in 2011. And when I came home, I had this trip planned. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, you know what? I've never been to Costa Rica. Let me go. I'm going to check it out. Mm -hmm. It looks so beautiful. Like, I love the outdoors. Like, no, I'm going to do this. It was not the greatest trip for me. Solo? It's solo. And I think that's why it wasn't the greatest trip. Mm -hmm. I love solo travel. But I don't, I don't recommend going to um, Costa Rica solo as a solo traveler. I mean, maybe it's changed the past couple of years. I'm not sure. But for a solo traveler, um, the bus system wasn't was what I anticipated mm. because I'm coming from like a lot of Mexican travel where the bus system is like on point. Yeah. You know, there's all these little hubs and networks, and you can get pretty much everywhere you got to go. Okay. Um, same thing for Chile. The bus system was great for a solo traveler. Like it was yeah. just you know. Um, it also was raining a lot when I went there, so I dropped the ball in a couple ways, I think, on this trip. It just wasn't my favorite trip. Not for solo people, transportation, weather. Um, I met a couple really rude people, so that was disappointing because I never I, I never expect that, but I anticipate someone's going to have an off day. Anywhere you go, it's yeah, normal. It's like life, yeah. It's just life, right? Um, I encountered a few people who were not very pleasant. And that was surprising. But, I mean, when I meet Costa Rican people, they're incredible. They're yeah. great. Um, but it was some people, like, working in, like, on, on the bus or someone. Oh. It was it was people who were, like, in their place of work. Mm. Maybe they were just frustrated because there's so many tourists or something. Okay. And they're just kind of like, oh, get out of the way, or you know? Yeah, right. Um, so there was that. Harder, yeah. But I would like to just touch on another incredible experience, though, <laughs> rather than, like, a, a horrible trip. Yeah, but I think another positive experience is the Yucatan Peninsula. Mm. Is I think it's somewhere that everybody needs to go, and not for Cancun. Okay. A lot of people go for like Cancun, or you know, for like um, for like the party scene or Tulum, right? Got you, hundred percent. That is like the hottest trip of the decade. Right, yeah. it really is, and, and unfortunately, I, in my opinion, is ruined Tulum. Dang. It has. I've watched Tulum transform over a like 15 year time period and it is not the same i think it's beautiful people should see it because so many people do want to see it but it has just turned into like clubs and bars and it's just it's it's changed so much the whole reason why people are going there is being destroyed mm. people are going there because it's nature and it's beautiful and it's jungle and beach but all of that is being destroyed as a result of this mass tourism mm. so uh so i think that's a huge problem but I will say the entire peninsula is something that people definitely need to see. Get away from Cancun. Be conscious of like what you're doing and be intentional about your travel. Mm -hmm. I've met a lot of people in the more recent years since COVID who want to go to Mexico. Um, other places around the world too, but I'm just speaking on Mexico. will want to go because they're like, oh, it's cheap. Everything there is cheap. Let's just go. It's so cheap, yeah. cheap, cheap, cheap. I'm like, I get it. You want to go somewhere that's more affordable, 
but don't go with this cheap mindset mm. because then you have a lot of people who try to barter their way down from mm-hmm. prices, you know, and then it affects the people, the local people there. Right. But getting away from Cancun, going to the other side of the peninsula, I think is one of the greatest experiences I've had in my life. In fact, this is another place I go every year. So I told you I go to New York every year religiously. I love it. My favorite city. But the peninsula, I go every year as well. And over the past few years, I've made some pretty cool friends. No way. I've ventured out. Um, I just get like a card. I've hit up all these incredible Mayan sites. There's an immense amount of history to be seen. And it's like free. I mean, you can literally walk around and just observe and take it all in and i swam with whale sharks there oh dang. let me drop that ball right here because yeah? that what was that like well back it up back it up back it up so you go all the time so you have like probably a whole list of wrecks right oh yeah i can give you all that if you want we'll hit that we'll, we'll hit that, we'll hit that later offline, yeah right? yeah for sure but whale sharks how did this come about so okay so I'm, right now i'm struggling with the term bucket list i'm trying to find another way to say bucket list without saying bucket list but i'm you know because bucket list just, to me it feels like a death list it's right a, it's a one-way situation it's like it's yeah it's your one-way yeah. ticket out <laughs> i gotta check this check that right? Right, right right and so um and also some things on this bucket list sometimes they're they're just things that are so easily attainable mm. do they deserve to be on this list they're more so like life experiences for me right it's almost like you want to retool it like a charm Right? Like, it's like almost like your travel charms. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Your travel charms. I like that. But I've got... (laughs) Your travel charms. (laughs) But I've got other things on this list, on my uh, life experience slash bucket list. Mm -hmm. Some of them are smaller. Some of them are coming up, actually. Oh, wow. Um, Which I could tell you about that. But that's a whole other thing. So I... um, When I was in undergrad and I started, like, thinking about what I want to do for my thesis research... Mm -hmm. Digging a little bit into like Mexican tourism, which is what I ended up researching. Dope. I was looking at tourism in the in the peninsula. I was looking at the power dynamics. Mm. So I was looking at the relationship between those who are served and you know. So basically, like those who are in the hospitality industry, who are who are working there, and those who are the tourists, the visitors, right? So I'm looking at this. I'm looking at what parts of Mexico are they coming from to work in this peninsula? Oh, what types of positions are they holding? Does that impact where they can work in the? Yes, exactly. And unfortunately, I found some very interesting information. And so I met some really cool people. And this whale shark thing came up like when I was an undergrad, just like in passing and random things, but I never really thought too much into it. And then grad school kicks off and I go down there to start doing research. And I was like, wait a minute. I, I have a little bit of time. I'm going to give myself, (laughs) I'm going to do something that's terrifying. I was like, it is shark time whale shark shark whale i mean like it was just the craziest thing so i ended up booking a tour it was like 100 bucks and i was again by myself because i was down there doing this research so i go on this tour by myself and it was mind-blowing it's like terrifying and also like so exciting at the same time like have you ever been close to something so big you're you're like anxious and scared about it but you're mesmerized by it it almost like makes you want to cry you're drawn in by it right that is how i felt just like jumping out of the boat into the water and I look down and it's like these this giant thing that's so big and it's the glowing it's literally like they have these spots these bioluminescent spots on them and like you just you just you you don't even know what to do with yourself because you're like (laughs) what do I what do I do if it wanted me it's got me it definitely has because like they open their mouth and it's like everything just sucks into this giant mouth so I did it twice so the first time I did it was like cool crazy mind-blowing scary all these crazy things the second time i did it though was actually scary 
scary because <laughs> scary because the guide that I had. So it's a, it's so the whale sharks are protected, right? Okay. So the Mexican government protects them. That's it's cool. part of their um I don't know what the the name of the program is, but anyways, they're protected. So you can't go and see them without a guide Mm. and you have to go in groups of like 10 people plus two guides. So they're very small and that's great. That's excellent. Some, in some cases, unfortunately, like the guides will let people touch them. You should not touch them anyway. So we go down and I was nervous this time because there were these, um, were they manta rays, right? The big race. Uh uh-uh. uh, no, no, those freak me out. They freak me out. They, yeah. just, I don't know what it is about them, but they really intimidate me. Yep. So I was like, I could yeah. And these manta rays were like swimming around, and I didn't want to get in the water. And then a manta ray is like next to me, so I was afraid. So he's like telling me when to go, and he's just like, okay, okay. So we jump in, and he's like, okay, there's one coming, right? So just hold on. When he tells me to look down into the water, okay, because I'm like up. You know, like my, my neck is above the water. When he tells me to look down in the water, this thing was about to smack me in my face, probably would have busted my nose. It was like, because they just started gliding and it's coming the at me. The, the no, the shark? giant whale shark. Oh my God. Oh, and I'm swimming backwards, like, oh my God. Yeah, it was the craziest thing. It was the craziest oh thing. Gosh. But the moral of the story here is <laughs> the entire peninsula is incredible and it really has so much to offer. And I want people to go down. Not just for Cancun and not just for Tulum, but to allow themselves to explore other sides of the peninsula. And there's so many smaller communities that could really benefit from tourism. Mm. But obviously, I want people to be conscious, regardless of where you go. But in these areas that experience mass tourism, I want people just to be conscious about Mm -hmm. what they're doing and just be cautious about, you know, about every act that they're taking while they're there. Yeah, they're leaving a footprint for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. It sounds like your research as well as your love of history both have blended into, um, yeah, your view of, of, of the peninsula and your ability to like see it for what it is as well as in a destination. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's like something that I don't really have eyes on. I think that some of the historical context that I have on certain areas gives me that same bend of like wanting to understand more and know my mm-hmm. impact is in adverse, right? Right. But overall, I think that that's got to be cool to have that happening for yourself while also discovering more parts of, you know, Mexican culture. Yeah. Because I think that that's another another layer of travel that I think can be good, that self-discovery and connection. Do you feel like that time doing that study also gave you some gems for your own personal, um, yeah, self-identification and kind of like self-honoring? Yeah, it did because... Um here in Chicago, we don't have um, a large population of people, Mexican people from this peninsula. Mm. Uh, a lot of people from Chicago are from like Michoacan or like central Mexico or northern Mexico. We don't have a lot of people in the Chicagoland area from the southern or southeast part of Mexico. So that was exposing myself to a whole different side of Mexi- uh, Mexican history and culture. And so it kind of helped me uh, get a bigger picture of what it is to be Mexican, right? And growing up here, again, like I said, like not traditional, not, I didn't grow up, uh, uh, my parents didn't practice any 
Mexican traditions necessarily mm-hmm. in terms of like a like a quinceanera or something like we didn't have that. Oh, but going to Mexico every time I go, I feel like I'm becoming I'm standing more in my truth. Mm-hmm. I'm figuring out more of myself. I'm understanding pieces of my culture and the kids that I'm teaching, right? Because I'm teaching this Mexican community. I'm understanding so much more about myself, about our own histories. Um, and I'm just becoming a lot more comfortable, like in my own skin as a Mexican woman. It sounds like, yeah, you're able to provide us with a really strong picture of like the peninsula and like how to respect it and why it's worth visiting. Yeah. Do you think you have in mind with all of your trips just not everywhere you've stayed, not mm-hmm. everything you've eaten, not everything you've done. Mm-hmm. But could you run just, if I was going to go there right now, or if I was going to go back in time to my first time, mm-hmm. I'd probably try to stay here, right, off the beaten path potentially. Mm-hmm. I'd definitely hit this spot to eat, and I'd uh, try this beyond, obviously, with the whale sharks. Yeah, so every time I go back now, I always spend a little bit of time in Merida. Merida. Merida is a really beautiful city. It's actually right across the Gulf of Mexico. Um, I'm noticing a shift in Merida a lot because there is getting more tourists and they have this Mayan train now that's going, that's being constructed or it's completed. Um, And it's going to be hitting up to Merida, but it cuts through. This is all jungle. This is very, very dense jungle. So yeah, so there's already been like sightings of like jaguars and stuff like jungle cats and stuff like running and, and there's footage of it along this area where they're building this this train so it is something like you know to think of but Merida has has changed a bit but I think it's an incredible city people definitely need to go visit if you want to get away from Cancun and see so if I were to go back and I were just to if I had like a week or even two weeks I would probably fly into Cancun because that's a, a easy hub to get to probably hit like um there's a town called Akumal which is so it's like when you get to Cancun you have like Playa del Carmen, right? Yeah. Which is like party beach, all that crazy yeah. stuff, right? Yeah. Um, and there's some pretty good food there, right? So I probably would stop there depending on what someone's interests are. For me, now it's more like I'm popping in to like eat and meet a friend and then I'm getting the hell out. Uh, and then going over to Akumal, which is the next town. It's more of like a sleepier, slower town. That's actually where I stood and I did my thesis work. Gotcha. And the next town over is um, Tulum. The next bigger town over is Tulum. So just along this whole line, along this coastal area, I think you could divide up your time between these these sites. If you go a little further south, you can hit, um, there's like a protective water, like a bioreserve. Oh, wow. It's called uh, Sian Khan, I think it's called. It's like S-I, I think it's S. I-I-A-N or something and then Khan K-A-A-N but it's another like protected area so if you were just to spend a week going straight down this coast you could do all of that and then going up towards Merida which is another direction you could probably spend a whole another week there I go to a city called Valladolid every time I go I stay there I have friends there now so it's an inland town they have a cenote there so that's like their their freshwater source, essentially, yeah. like for, I guess, tourism or just swimming, right? Um, and then if you go a little further from Valladolid, you go up and you hit Merida. So I would say I would hit, like, depending on how much time you had, if you want to hit some highlights, yeah. I would recommend, like, hitting those. But So the road to, Bayo, the road to Merida or the road to, uh, down south to Down where? south to the uh, Sian Khan. Sian Khan. I think that's how you say it. Sian Khan Reserve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sweet. That's yeah. awesome. 
And is there anything regionally you would like say, I know you don't eat meat, but any bites or, or drinks that you're like, try there this. You got 48 hours in Medida, or you got 48 hours, I guess, even in Tulum. Yeah. I think, hands down, I think Mexico makes the best juices. Yeah? Best, hands down. Best like juices, like, like yeah, like watermelon like juice, Jamaica. like agua de sandia, like okay. Jamaica. Yes, hands down. All of them, everywhere. Everywhere. I, especially in this peninsula where there's so much, there's just so much ugh, fresh everything. It's just, yeah. it's so good. Yeah, just the waters I think are great. Um, I do eat meat, but not too much. They have um, pollo pibil. Or like it's like a pibil is like a it's a it's a type of traditional dish that they make in the yeah, peninsula. Yeah. I like the pollo one because I like the chicken one. A lot of people, most people make it pork, yeah. um, but I like the chicken one. So that's a, a cultural dish from that region, from the peninsula. Yeah, I love mole, but that's not really from the peninsula. Yeah, that's like more mole. of like Oaxaca. Yeah. You gotta go a little further in for that. But yeah, it's so hard to know. Like being from Chicago. Living in Milwaukee a little bit. It's like being in these communities, especially ones that are predominantly Mexican, but realizing that there are so many different pozoles. There are so yeah. many different moles. Yeah. There are so many different ways to like, we were just talking earlier, like tacos, like from this region, that region, this region, right? Different yeah. styles of making it, even the same named taco. Yeah. Right? So I think that that's something that I'm, I'm always, I never want to assume that like, I'm going to go here and I know I'll be able to get this because I'm in Mexico. Right. Right. Well, you know what I mean? Just like in the States, like, you know, chili here is one thing. Chili in Cincinnati is something crazy, right? Yeah. So it's like, it's a whole different vibe. Yeah. Right? So I, I appreciate that, that call back to, to those, uh, those options. As you look back on your time or even look ahead what about that spot same kind of question makes it makes it unforgettable right you have chosen to make this a part of your annual rhythm mm -hmm. um, why Ooh, why why do I keep going back to Yucatan um, Yucatan feels like a piece of Mexico that I don't get here in Chicago because it really is. It's a piece of Mexican culture that I, it feels um, so different from what I was raised around. And so I started going there just because I was just so curious about it. It was such a, a separate side of Mexico. Even like when it goes back to like the Mexican revolution, it didn't even hit, it didn't hit that side of Mexico. It hit central, you know, Mexico first. It took a while before it hit the peninsula. So mm. there's so much, it's, it's, kind of it historically was disconnected in that sense right gotcha, yeah. so it is a very different place it is, it is its own place right so when i think of like for the u.s right when i think of the u.s hawaii is its own place yeah new york is its own place right mm. there's a few places in in this country that are its own things and when i think of mexico yucatan is its own place and so I've always just uh, been drawn to going back. And every time I go, I learn more. And then I started making friends there. Yeah. And I was just like, this place is so, it's so different from the mainland Mexico. 
from the not the mainland but from the central part of mexico and is there anything that you feel like that place has taught you about yourself or about travel in general i know you've kind of really sunk your teeth into that spot studying Mm -hmm. there doing research there yeah Um, but if you had to say here's some main takeaways from my annual time i feel like this is something i'm learning about myself or this is something Mm -hmm. I'm really learning about how to move in this space in the world I'm learning how to teach people to respect and love that land I think every time I go back and I learn more and I experience more there I'm learning better ways to teach other people about it I will coach you along the way. Like, I will literally plan an itinerary for you. I want you to just see other sides of Mexico so you can go back and you can tell other people about it. Not to blow it up in a way where it's going to be mass tourism. I don't want that because it's already happened in Cancun. And actually, the government admitted that they they overdid it with Cancun. So they admit that, like, whole hotel zone that they have, like, Mm. it's literally sinking. It's on an island. It's, like, sinking. Oh, my God. It's terrible. It's really scary. It's all limestone. It's, like... Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. So it's a mess. So like just using it as an example and just paying attention that, yes, people want to go to these places. They want to visit them. They want to experience them. But it has to be done in moderations. And so the more times I go back there, the better I understand this piece of land. And then I can come back and tell other people about it. Right. And I want them to start coming out of their comfort zone and just exploring other parts of Mexico. Just, I mean, anywhere in the world that they go. But I feel like geographically, because Mexico is so close. Right. Um, people tend to go there frequently mm-hmm. and it's, it's just, it's easy to get to. It's familiar kind of, you know? Yeah. So that's, that's kind of what I get out of it more and more. Dope. That's really awesome. I think that there's a lot to digest from what you've shared and I appreciate you keeping it positive and fun and, and, uh, yeah, you got some unique, unique stories here that, uh, I'm definitely going to be chewing on for a little while. Thanks. I also love that both of these are spots that are in the Spanish-speaking world, um, but also places that I haven't been. But then the other half of that is, is just understanding contemporary life there and understanding also what it would look like to navigate that space. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that you were able to like spend a good amount of quality time at each of these locations too. Right? Mm-hmm. I think that that either living semi-nomadically or visiting regularly mm-hmm. is something that I am starting to grow as like I mature mm-hmm. um, my travel. Um, those are desires that kind of start to emerge. It's less about like, I need to get to everything so I can like right. whatever and more right. be like, what do I know? Yeah. Who knows me here? Mm-hmm. How do I, you know, feel when I'm here? Yeah. And what about this is, is you know, peace giving mm-hmm. right not just picture taking right right so yep. i really vibe with that thanks tracy i really appreciate that well i think before we go i just want to open the floor just leave us with any final thoughts you have around travel um, or a quote that you live by i want to encourage more people to to do solo travel okay i think solo travel is something that a number of people are a little intimidated by yes but really you're not really alone like Maybe you fly there alone, but you're really not alone. True. Like you meet so many people who are like you, who are doing their own thing. They want to see this place, like they want to check it out, and you just meet people all along the way. 
So yeah, I get some people think it's odd, like why you travel by yourself, yeah, or like, yeah. or like what is this hostile thing? It's weird, Don't and knock like until you try it, baby. It's definitely good, try right. it. Um, I like to blend between hostel, Airbnb, and hotel. I like to blend Ooh. all three depending on where I'm going yeah. or what I'm doing. Um, oh. maybe on one side of the city I'll do one thing, and on another side of the city I'll stay in a you know, a hostel versus a hotel or whatever. So I like to blend that, but I think that getting uncomfortable allows you to grow and go to different places where you don't speak the language um go to places you speak the language cool you know but also take yourself out of your comfort zone and go to places where you don't speak the language or you are not familiar with the culture at all right so france was that for me yep. i don't know shit about france i don't i don't i don't eat french food i don't speak the language i don't know anything right Yo, yeah. um and that was you know that was a, a challenge but also like it gave me the most incredible, empowering feeling I've had in a while. Yep. So. And the invitation to wander, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And you just, you know, you end up not having to spend a lot of money wandering around and just meeting different people. You know, obviously be cautious and conscious about <laughs> right. what you're sharing, right? We're from Chicago. Right. So it's like, we're not. Yeah, we're just crazy. don't be a dumbass. <laughs> I'll, I'll give like fake names or whatever. I'm from whatever, Jersey. I don't know what I'll make up, you know? Um, so I think being conscious about that, but also get out, do solo travel. Like if you need help with, with, you know, encouragement about how to travel solo or where to go, what's an easier place to start off, like reach out to you, me, like reach out. There's people out there who will guide you and point you in directions how to do that. Right. So yes. So that is probably my final thought is definitely, you know, get out and try that. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you for joining us today. I think I'll close with this quote just to kind of put a bow on our time. I think our conversation reminded me a ton of this uh, quote that I've lived by both in my classrooms, in my life, and uh, for sure in my travel. Um, and it's a quote from Sor Juan Inés de la Cruz. Uh, it's, uh, no estudio para saber más, sino para ignorar menos, which is this idea that I don't study to know more, but I, I study so that I ignore less, right? It's this idea that if we take this idea of studying and swap that out for travel, right? I don't travel just to see more. Mm -hmm. I travel so that I I ignore less of the things that I know will give me peace, right? Mm -hmm. And I am able to see in these experiences that I'm having elsewhere, um, what parts of my home life and life in myself, I need to value differently, right? right? So I put myself in these new positions so that I can just be a bit more conscious. Um, of how I'm moving in the space and how I'm growing as a person. So I hope the same is true for you as you travel. Um, and again, Tracy, happy trails. Happy Mexican Independence Day. I'm Dietrich Hunter, and this has been Curate Curiosity. Follow us at Curate Curiosity on Instagram and wherever you listen to podcasts. 